It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi, this is Debbie Kiever letting you know that starting in January, I'll be teaching an online ladies' Bible study called Kingdom Woman based on the book written by Tony Evans and Crystal Evans Hurst called Kingdom Woman. If you'd like to learn more about this online Bible study and be part of it, you can email me at debbie at debbiekeeverministries.com. Hi there, friends. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. My name is Laura Pereno, and I am with Debbie Kiever today, and we are excited to be continuing our series on growth. You know, we've called this two-month series Planted for Growth, and I think one of the most exciting things that we can really see as we look through the Word of God is that we were created to grow. You know, God has created us to bear fruit. And if you look through God's word, when Jesus was speaking, he didn't say we were just to bear a few pieces of fruit, maybe just once in a while. The Bible says that we are called to bear much fruit. And if we're going to be bearing much fruit, then that means that we are going to be growing. We were created to grow. If you've looked through Jesus' teaching in John 15, there's a great analogy that Jesus uses, and many of us have heard this before, but Jesus talks about the fact that he is the vine and we are the branches, and there is an importance to us remaining and abiding in the vine, right? If you think about a tree, a branch cannot sustain itself. It needs to be connected to the vine. And so we need to be connected to that relationship with Jesus. We can't sustain ourselves in order to grow, in order to be healthy, and in order to be fruitful with much fruit. We need to stay connected to our relationship with Jesus because we've been created to be connected to him. And out of that connection is the place where we grow. You know, Laura, I think it would be important just to recap. What does it mean to be connected? Because we say that casually, but... Somebody might be going, okay, so what does that mean? Does it mean going to church? Does it mean being in a Bible study? And and it doesn't. It really, it's two pieces to being connected. One is the Bible says that if you believe that Jesus is the son of God, you believe that he died on the cross for your sins. So you're believing who he is. The next part is that you receive him as your personal savior, um, where you trust your life to him and you invite him to come and live inside of you and, and begin to just do his work in your life to make you more like him. And that's where you start growing. So that's that's what connection really is, is that two-part believing and receiving the relationship with Jesus. Absolutely. And, you know, I think as we go through this, Debbie, today, we're going to look at so many um, analogies between plants and, and us and there are so many really important key factors for our growth. Like the first one we could just start out with is growth requires us to be in the right location. And how many times have we heard the, the phrase bloom where you're planted? And there are so many different ways we could take that. But I have to look at that phrase, and I know I've said it a hundred times. It doesn't always work. You know, <laughs> bloom where you're planted. Deb, you talked about your uh, history with plants and, and flowers, and, and we know that's changed, right? And God's yes, changed has. your words, and you are a different <laughs> person in the plant store and at Richardson's. But there is something about the fact that when you get a plant, it does have a tag on it at the store. And what does it tell you? It says, like, please take care of me, and this is how you have to take care of me. And you can see, and I remember, and honestly, I still look at them all the time, even if I think I know what the plant is. 
you know, you'll see the, the little sun or the half sun or the, the cloud instead of being in the bright sun. Plants were created to bloom in a particular place. And, and, you know, God created some plants to bloom in the shade and some plants to bloom in the full sun and some need both. Plants have characteristics that lend toward the best growth. They grow the best in certain environments. And that is just like us. Debbie, you know, I just get fired up when I look at the word of God and I see how beautifully he has, he has crafted analogies in nature for us to really see ourselves in these, in these amazing places. And just like the plants have been created to grow and thrive and bear abundant fruit in their perfect environment, you know, we have been too. And God has created each one of us with a unique set of gifts, spiritual gifts, things that we're passionate about. You know, some of our personalities, well, all of our personalities, they differ. We have different strengths. We have different weaknesses. We have different dreams and desires in our hearts. But God has created each one of us, just like a plant, so beautifully crafted to grow in a particular environment and thrive in that place. And we will grow best. I will grow best. This is what we need to really see as we go through today's episode, that we're going to grow best when we're in the right location, the place that he has created for us, doing what he has designed us to do. That is the place where we are going to bear fruit, abundant fruit. We're connected to the vine in the place where we are supposed to be connected. So true. I look at First Corinthians 12. That's that passage of scripture about there's one body, there's many parts, there's one spirit. I know it's going to jump in at verse four. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. I mean, and it goes on and on. This is, we'll refer back to this passage, but this is where the body is referred to, all the different parts of the body. But each one of us crafted, crafted uniquely with a specific set of giftings that you're strong in, that are like the way you, you the way you tend to bend towards. And it's the Holy Spirit who determines how he's going to equip you. It's not, you know, someone didn't roll the dice and somebody got the best gifts. <laughs> Holy Spirit has designed exactly how you turned out. That's right. And when we operate in the gifts that we were created to operate in, we complement one another. You know, it's, it's, it's easy for us sometimes to compare ourselves to other people. But what if we looked at each of us as a separate, unique, beautifully crafted individual that God created in order to complement each other in the body of Christ. And what is the end result of when we work that way, when we serve that way? It's for the common good. You know, it builds up the church. It doesn't build up one person. And I think the frustration comes uh, when we try to grow to become like someone else, especially when they're so different from us. It is easy in this world of comparison to do that. And it's even easy to compare ourselves uh, in what we are doing for the Lord. And I had a very wise individual share with me not that long ago the, the truth that when somebody else is thriving in their God-given position, right, and we want to attain or be like that person, or maybe we get frustrated because we're not uh, thriving in that particular way, 
that is completely the wrong mindset, right? We just want the kingdom of God to advance. And so if God is using a particular person's gifts in one way and we see it advancing, we need to be right there cheering it on. God is using us as well in the place that we are in. It, it's really pretty powerful. We are all here to work together in order to build up the church, increase the kingdom here, and get excited about what God's going to do in eternity. It goes against our flesh. It goes it against what the enemy is trying to plant That's in our right. minds. I mean, I'll be kind of tongue-in-cheek about it, but it would be like a tomato plant pushing and pushing and pushing, hoping to produce a pear. I mean, that right. sounds silly, but so often we try to do that. If, if Laura can do this, then I'm going to try to do that. Exactly. And, and you spin your wheels, and it's maybe you can do it, but it's not very, very good. Your outcome right. is not very good because you weren't designed to be the... The pair you were designed to be a tomato. So it, it back to scripture though, which is not tongue in cheek in back in first Corinthians 12 in verse 12. And then in 27, it says just as a body, though one has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. Even so the body is not made up of one, but of many parts. In verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and each of you is a part of it. Man, how are we going to grow? It's by accepting where we are and realizing that our part is important um, and that God has designed us to grow, not only our, like individually, but as a, as a corporate level, as a church, as a family. And it's frustrating to everybody, right? It's frustrating to everybody, but especially to us when we are pushing and striving to grow when we're in the wrong location. When you you know, because you want to be like somebody else, you envy maybe their their ability to teach or their ability to bake, like for a church, whatever it is. Of course, that would be me. I just had to mention that. That's me. They never asked me to bake. Um, it's like you're frustrated and that that activity, you don't like it. And so you get distracted when you're there and you get mm-hmm. bored with it and irritations like ramp up because you're in the wrong location. Yeah, you know what I love about that verse that you just read, uh, 1227, it says you're the body of Christ and each one of you has a part of it. Like there is a place for each one of us. That's so exciting. And when you think about the wrong location, Debbie, just when you were talking about boredom and, and irritation, man, for as long as I have been involved in a church and, and as long as I have been trying to find a place where God would have me to serve, how many times, and it's out of a good intention so often do we end up in the wrong location. I mean, have you ever been uh, in a particular ministry at church and you kind of look and go, uh, how did I get here? Like, this is so not me. In our in the church we were in when I was in my 20s, they invited me to be on this bathroom redecorating committee because, <laughs> <laughs> because as a physical therapist, um, I would be able to give some input uh, for handicapped accessibility yeah well the irony of this is i have never picked out stuff to decorate because i know that i i just have trouble with colors and yeah i don't even know if i decorate my dress my clothes the right way sometimes you know with colors so here i am on this committee and these women were thriving they were so good at this and they could not wait Mm. for the next meeting and i dreaded it there were like six meetings and they were painful because Mm. it's not my strong suit like I sat there like a bump on the wall. All I really need to do is give them some specs for numbers and then they would have been fine. But I, why did I get there? Because they asked me and I didn't learn yet how to say no. That's right. You know, I think so many times, uh, there you go. 
they asked me, this is also, honestly, somebody shared this with me uh, a few years back. We can't, we can't allow other people to put on us what God is calling us to do, right? And how many times do people say, um, well, there's a there's an opportunity here in this ministry and, and, and we feel, oh, I can't say no, or if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Um, you know, or somebody else could say, look, for right now, all we just need is somebody in this room. Like, can you just fill up this space for a little while? And so we think that we are the ones who have to do this. We have to step into the space. And sometimes by saying yes to a place where we should be saying no, and it could be out of the goodness of our heart or because we feel guilty, whatever it might be, we're actually not only putting ourselves in the wrong place for growth, but we're also keeping somebody else from getting into the place where they're supposed to be growing. I think sometimes, you know, unfortunately, our, our flesh uh, can come up and we can try to prove ourselves, right? Uh, well, it's not really where I think I'm supposed to serve, but I'm going to get in there and I'm going to just show them that I can do it just as well as they can. There's a lot of um, unhealthy, honestly, every single one of these things that we can say is unhealthy. And it's a place where we can see that we're not being connected to the vine and we're not going to grow and thrive abundant fruit in the places where we are not supposed to be planted. Again, that same passage in 1 Corinthians 12 talks about that. It says some of us have been created to be like an eye. Stop mm -hmm. trying to be a foot. I mean, you can't even you can't even do that. You know, it's not even possible. And so what's your role? Play that role in the body. Otherwise, if we have too many um, eyeballs walking around, we will not walk anywhere. You know, it's just you have a unique, right. you have a unique calling. That's so right. So how do you, that's a big question. People are like, well, how do you want to get plugged in at church? I have no idea. Where are their needs? That's not the question to ask. Yes, that's right. right. You really, there's three areas, three things that are like checklists that would really help you ans answer the question, where's the right place for me to bloom? Where's the right place for me to grow the best? And then nobody else can answer that for you. This is something you got to, you do a little homework on it and you, you ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and you can have people give input, but nobody should just meet you and say, well, there's a need here. Here's where you're going. So the three areas, the first one is your personality. The, and we'll talk a little bit about that. The second one, are, what are your spiritual gifts? And then the last area, the last question to answer is, what are you passionate about? Like what motivates you uh, that gets you excited, things that you feel strongly about? You know, these are not three uh, difficult things to figure out, right? We've been given, uh, we, we know if we're an extrovert or an introvert. We know what our personality is. If we were going to be honest with ourselves and just say who we really are as opposed to maybe who we want to be, we can identify, you know, where do we recharge? And in those places, be it extrovert or introvert, we know what our personalities is and that will help us to grow best when we know that it fits the makeup of our personality. Second thing you mentioned was spiritual gifts and there are so many amazing tools online or you can get it from your church, from your pastor, from somebody in ministry. There are so many tools to take a test on your spiritual gifts and discover what your strengths are. As many as I've taken through the years, they always come back to the same spiritual gifts. So yep. it's not like you're going to take one and it's going to say one thing and the next time it's going to take something else. And nor will you standard. fail. You don't fail. That's right. 
it's like I have no gifts. That's right. So even that's right. Even those of us who struggle with tests, like you're going to be fine on the spiritual gifts assessment or test. And then really the third thing, again, maybe if we look back in our journal or we just really get real with ourselves and say, what, what am I passionate about? You know, what am I motivated for? Yeah, that is so true. If like me passionately decorating a bathroom, not happening you know, at the church. So when you say, well, what, what is your passion area? I'd ask you this question. What would your friends say are things that are important to you? Because you tend to talk about them. Mm -hmm. It's something that you'll stay awake past your bedtime talking about it. It's likely where you're putting your finances and your time, your resources. It's where your heart is gravitating. Some people are gravitating towards kids. Some, you know, it's prison ministry or ministry to the elderly or politics. You know, what what is it that makes you tick? And God can use you anywhere. True, he can use you anywhere. But what's going to work for you for the long haul is being, is doing what you've been wired to do in a way that you should be doing it. Your personality style, whether you are an introvert or an extrovert or you're structured you're not structured, and then be in the location with the people, with the passion area, with the the cause that makes you tick. That is how you're going to grow the best. Absolutely. All right, so let's take it back to plants. We've talked about the fact that we need to be um, in the right place. There are some other things that gardeners do to plants that really um, we need to be doing in our own life when it comes to serving or being in the place where God has us to be. And if you've heard the term deadheading before, as you are um, working with plants and man, petunias just comes to my mind when I hear the word deadheading. And it's a, it's a tenuous job, right? But it's got such a spiritual implication. If you were to describe deadheading, you know, you clip off the old bloom and the forming pod by deadheading. This is an official definition here. The plant will start the process all over again when you do that. So think about your plants and think about particularly, like I just said, um, petunias and how many blooms do they get? And you see the blooms and they're starting to go away, a few of them. And it's so hard because they're still got a little bit of life clinging into them. And so you have to go up and you have to clip off those old blooms, those old pods. And when you clip off what is dead, you are going to have something come to life. You are going to be making room for a new pod, a new plant to grow. And if you've tried it before, and I know Debbie, you did, and you shared about it in the Beyond Conference, man, it works. It does work. Plants will bloom more. And it's the same thing with us. I, you know, I learned it with those darn petunias. I had gone weeks. I hadn't even know, I didn't know what deadheading was. And so at this point I had this beautiful plant that had turned slimy. It's just like these slimy brown leaves. Yeah. And I'm like, is this thing, is it already dead? Like, is it already dead? And and a neighbor came by and said, well, of course you're deadheading, right? And I just looked at her like she had four <laughs> heads. I'm like, well, define deadheading. There you <laughs> so, go. There you go. And so those plants, as awful as they looked, covered in brown things that were saying, you look like a dead plant, right? But it wasn't accurate with the fact that it was a it was a live plant and it did have potential to grow again i was just stifling it with those dead slimy brown like leaves. they were gross and who wants to stick their hand in that right it's yep. bad deadhead things when they just start to go bad 
That's okay. right. Then waiting for weeks. You know, Ephesians 4, that passage in 22 to 32, is that whole beautiful section about being made new in Christ. And this is spiritual deadheading 101. It says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. That's the deadheading which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in this attitude of your mind and to put on your new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So the deadheading is saying, look, we used to be dead in our sinful nature before Christ. And those attitudes, those behaviors that were par for the course, like the way we operated back before Christ. Now that we are new in Christ, we have a new nature that he's given us. We have a new spirit of God within us. We need to deadhead, pull off, stop doing, stop believing, stop thinking things that were characteristic of before we knew Christ. Absolutely. And honestly, if you look at this list, Debbie, think about all of the things that should be deadheaded from our lives. I mean, We've talked about these things as we've gone on through these different episodes, but lying or being angry or the words that come out of our mouth that don't line up with the word of God. And, and we can be bitter, you know, and we, you know, stealing all of these kinds of things. They are, they're the things that need to be plucked away. They needed to be deadheaded. Why do they need to be taken off? Because those are the very places where the spirit wants to grow. The places where there are unwholesome talk he wants to grow wholesome talk where there is lying he wants to grow truth he wants the fruit of the spirit to bear in those places where we so often want to hold on to these things that are that are dead are leading us to death you know destruction and here he wants to grow things like kindness and compassion and forgiveness you know a plant is alive and it can't continue to have the old soggy leaves connected to it the things that are dead on the plant need to be taken off of what is alive man does that preach i mean the things that are dead need to be taken off of what is alive so true you know i think of i think of my petunias right because grow beyond was about these petunias that i was learning to be a good gardener on um i hated deadheading i really I just didn't like it. I felt like, can I just do it once for the month? Yes, right. You know, once <laughs> no, for the month. No. And my neighbor's like, look, don't do it less than once a week. Like, you should be out there every day talking to your plants and watering them That's and right. deadheading. I'm like, seriously, right. deadheading every day? She said, if you will do that, it will be less overwhelming. Yep. And, and yeah. honestly, that's what I started to do because I just didn't want them to get to that slimy feeling. But it's the same principle in our lives. I mean, in Psalm 139, we love to quote verse 23 and 24, where that God, search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It's inviting God to come and look in my heart and point out, identify, and, and we can't hold on to it, right? We have to surrender and say, okay, we'll get rid of this. It's a bad attitude. It was a bad something I just said. You know, it's a bad behavior. And God's like, let me, let's take that off and let's replace it with what lines up with the word. And that is the way to deadhead yourself spiritually. And if you don't put it off, you know, if you do a little bit each day, you'll find that you have fewer things building up that, that really are just destroying your peace that are destroying your relationships and you really thrive better when you walk in that daily attitude of, of 
being right before God. That's really a great word because I think sometimes we get so used to the deadheads hanging around and um, to ask the Holy Spirit to identify what needs to be off of us because sometimes we can just get so used to what we used to be doing that we don't even recognize what needs to be deadheaded away. And so the Holy Spirit will certainly show us those things. All right, so growth requires us to deadhead uh, things that are dead on we who are alive, right? Now growth also requires us to prune the runners. These are a lot of amazing plant analogies. But if you look, again, we could go back to petunias, but this happens with a lot of different plants. Have you ever seen uh, a plant that has um, a, a, a long, long vine with one or two flowers still all the way at the end hanging down? If you don't uh, prune your plants, they become long and straggly, right? Well, there are actual vines that they're identified as runners and they have flowers all the way at the end and what happens is this this vine is holding on to these flowers these buds that are all the way at the end of the the vine there and they're not producing this vine isn't producing anymore and so all of the energy from the plant is being sapped up in these uh, vines that are bearing little fruit and so when you go and you identify the runners and you, you start clipping the runners, what happens is there's more energy for the rest of the plant. I do this every single uh, season, Debbie. If you look at a, a great big tree, even it could be an oak tree or a, you know, a flowering pear tree, I find them on that the most. You see these little branches that are trying to grow at the bottom of the tree. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. You take it away from a flower and you put it on the tree. And I know if I allow that, even though it's cute and it's got itty bitty little green leaves on it, I know if I allow that runner to be growing at the bottom of the tree, it's going to take away from the real growth that's supposed to be going on at the top of the tree. And so I walk around my yard and I pull off all of those little runner branches from my plant. When I clip those off, then the plant, the tree, has the energy to invest in the new growth where it's supposed to be growing. Laura, what an easy segue over to how runners creep up in our personal lives. I mean, a runner is that, act it's an activity. It's an activity, it's a responsibility, it might be a ministry that ultimately is seasonal in your life. Uh, it's not, you're not married to it. You know, you're not married to that activity. You're married to your spouse. And so there are these activities that come and go that are appropriate at different seasons of your life. But there's something in us that just struggles to let it go. Maybe there's that, you know, I'm not somebody who quits. Well, when a runner has run its course, it's not quitting. You're ending something. And so we, there's just, I think there's just something in us that doesn't want to let people down or doesn't want to leave something hanging. But when the runner in our lives needs to be trimmed. Uh, it is not healthy for anybody, for us, us and other people included, for us to continue on as we have been doing for a season. How do you know when it's when you're done? You know, the result in us is we get really frazzled. You know, all that energy, all that time, all those resources are being poured into something that's really not bearing a lot of fruit. It's not making a lot of uh, impact in other people's life. And and it's really not going well. You know, it's kind of fizzling out, but you know, I don't want to let it go because I would look like a quitter. So the challenge is you start seeing other things come across as an opportunity that, man, now that looks exciting, but there's no room in your garden because you have all these runners. It's overloaded already. First Corinthians six twelve says, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. 
I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. There's a lot of choices out there that are good. There's a lot of choices that are great, but you can only do so much. And so there are seasons where you're going to have to let something go. Yeah, and it's really interesting when those seasons are seasons of ministry, Debbie, like you were referring to earlier, or those seasons of anointing to do a particular thing that God has called you to do. You know, where God has placed you and his anointing, uh, his blessing is going to flow on your involvement. But when there is a closing to that season of ministry, we don't want to stay in any place where we are not exactly uh, planted where he wants us in that season. You and I walked that two years ago. I mean, two years ago, right this spring, we were both praying. We knew that God was giving us a time of transition. And that's like the big clippers are coming to prune some things that really we spent a lot of crying over the clipping. Yes. You know, because we didn't know exactly what the next growth would look like. We had some ideas, but we really didn't know. But that was two years ago at this point. Debbie, that is so true. And what a season that was. But there are times in our lives where God is calling us out of one thing to go and be planted in another place or another ministry, whatever it might be. And how, what are some indicators or how do we know that it's time for that deadhead or that shoot to be trimmed back? I think it's really important to remember here that we are not just talking about uh, this is an excuse or an easy way to get out of something we don't want to do anymore, right? Or right. a hard time, a struggle that we're having, maybe a, a personal conflict with somebody else. This is not This is not that season. These are the seasons when we know that God is closing a door. It's what not a some... quick exit. It's not an escape route. Exactly. Because we know, Deb, we've talked about a hundred times here that during challenging seasons, sometimes those are the times when we grow the most. But how can we tell that God is really closing the door on a season? And I think the first thing, uh, which is which is a key indicator in all of these decisions, is the fact that we've heard from the Lord or he's putting on our heart that it's time for a change. And you talked about our story. Both of us that January knew and kind of confided in each other yeah. <laughs> and had no idea that the other one was going through the exact same thing. God was speaking to our hearts. And so, you know, there's a, there's a word, there's an urgency from the Lord to let something go. But if we look at some things around us, uh, some indicators, you know, maybe in the season that we're in, we start to see that we're bearing less fruit. Uh, if it's a, a position where we have the opportunity to pour into other people, perhaps um, we're seeing that that's changing, that the transformative difference in lives around us is, is changing. And maybe that... Uh, indicator that there's less fruit uh, born means that it's time to move on. Second thing really is perhaps our heart isn't in it anymore. And that doesn't mean that we don't care, but it's just harder to get excited about. Mm -hmm. And I know we've all been there too. Again, it's not just because we're not excited about it. It's like, you just can tell. And I think we all know when these indicators have pure motives behind them and when they don't have pure motives behind them, but your heart's just not into it anymore. Um, you know, think about those things that you used to get, you know, dressed up for, let's just say, whether it's uh, emotionally or physically, and you're all ready to go. You got so excited. You couldn't wait to participate in it. And all of a sudden it feels more like it's a duty instead of a calling. So these are some indicators that, wow, maybe I need to see, is this a, a runner? Is this something that needs to be cut off in order for other areas of my life to grow? We, we started this podcast emphasizing the importance of being connected. 
you know, to, to be hearing what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And I think that's what, that's how you get that environment to grow is going back to God. I want to grow the best way. I want to grow your way because you are the gardener. You are the master gardener. And so ask him, you know, I'm, is there an area that I need to deadhead? Is there an area I need to prune? Sometimes what he's asking you to prune hasn't become a long, long runner yet. It's almost like it's, if I had pruned those petunias when I should have, I would have probably pruned them like three weeks earlier, you know, but, but sometimes we hold on to things just hoping they'll turn around. But if the spirit is beginning to speak to your heart, okay, this is a good thing. Hand this off to somebody else, you know, make room now. We have to really learn to recognize his voice and act on it. You know, I remember when I cut those petunias down, um, I was so distressed because at least they had lots of runners that made them look kind of big, but they were sparse. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so when I pruned them, now they looked like pathetic, like a bad haircut that took place. And it really, it really just exploded in growth within a couple of weeks. I needed to just follow up with uh, pruning it when I was supposed to. But it comes back to listening to them. That's the key. That's right. You know, it may make your today look more scarce when things are pruned and pulled away. But pruning really is for our future. Yes, And we need to um, make room for that new growth. That's really a key element here. So there are things in our lives that we need to pull back, resources that we need to pull back in order to allow new growth. And I think that really the question is, you know, what is our energy and our resources and bearing little fruit? And when we identify those things, when the Lord points them out, we need to cut away the shoots that are past their time. Debbie, I will never look at plants the same again. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. Honestly. Me neither. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just going to look at it and say, hmm, is that me? <laughs> God, what are you going to do in my life? I don't know. <laughs> oh, this has been, I, I has, I'm laughing because it is snowing today as we're filming this podcast. And I am actually getting excited, not only for spring, because who's not excited for spring, but I'm excited actually to go back to Richardson's because Aww. this is a good reminder of some life skill teachings that God has yep. given me. And I, it brings a lot of hope. It actually brings like hope in my heart that I could have a beautiful deck again with some flowers. And, you know, this has only been two or three years into this new mindset. And so reviewing this is getting me excited for areas of growth of plants on my, you know, in my deck. But for each of us, this, these principles uh, really work in our lives, in our emotional health and our mental and physical and our spiritual health. God has created us to be whole in all those areas, completely whole. And so these principles work. I mean, they're based on the word of God and they're practical. And so, you know, if you've enjoyed this podcast with a couple ideas that are practical, guess what? Next week, Laura, we're going to revisit it again because we have a couple more uh, principles that we, we took out of the plants. We take out of scripture specifically about creating that environment for growth. And so if this has been a blessing to you, especially think about sharing it with some of your green thumb friends or better yet, share it with your friends who don't have a green thumb. There you go. Because, you know, you could say, hey, this is this is for you. Right? <laughs> it will help your deck and your heart. That's right. That's right. So thank you for joining us today. We are so grateful for you guys. Again, if there's a way we can be an encouragement to you, you can email us at beyondwomensconference at gmail.com. 
and we'll definitely get back to you. So from Laura and Deb, we just want to thank you for being with us here today. We look forward to visiting again next week. Thank you. See you later. We believe that God will use what we share to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more. Thank you.